What's up everybody, it's Dan Greer with Eclipse DOT and today we're going to be diving deep into um, what to do when you can't find a great solution and I've got a lot of things to chat about here today and I had an awesome suggestion from one of our listeners. They said, hey, you should start numbering these episodes. So guess what? We're going to number them. This is episode number 12. I believe. That's what we're going to call it. We're going to say this is episode number 12, <laughs> even if it's not. All right. So let's cue up the theme song. We'll be right back to talk about what to do when you can't find a great solution. The big question is this. How are leaders like us, who aren't necessarily in a management position, who go out and get our hands dirty, who are ready to answer their calling from God to lead, who are driven to learn and grow, gain the trust and respect of those around us to actually be heard while not coming across as an authoritative prick? These are the questions, and this is the podcast that will give you the answers. Hi, my name is Dan Greer, and welcome to Leading from the Middle of the Pack. Boom! Sweet! So glad you guys are back. So glad you're still here. So glad you're listening to us. Stoked that you guys have uh, chosen to uh, keep following us, and I, I love the comments. Be uh, Don't be afraid to like share uh, episode whenever you find one that's super awesome. And so today, I really want to take just a few seconds and talk about what to do when you can't find a great solution. So we've all had those like things in life where we've got a solution, but it's not like a great solution. It's kind of a mediocre solution or not even a mediocre solution. It sucks, but it works. It's a solution and we use it or we use it because we know it and we don't want to switch or we're too scared to switch or it takes time to change or money to change and we don't want to have to learn something new, right? Like think think about this. This is a, a great question when it comes down to like wanting to change. If you're an Apple person and somebody hands you an Android phone, what do you do? You like freeze up and you're like, oof, get that icky thing away from me. I, I don't even know how to use it, right? And if you're an Android person and somebody gives you an iPhone, you're like, oh, like, I just don't understand it. Like, I got to like press different buttons and it doesn't work the same way. We're, sometimes we're scared to try something new. And as leaders, we can't be scared to try something new because like that's the whole point of everything we do is we should be willing. It should be 100% open to like look for new innovative solutions to, to issues or, or problems or even not problems, but things that we're dealing with, right? Like if we have innovative solutions, then guess what? We, we can conquer the world right but if we if we're too afraid to try something new then we're never going to change and see that you know each everything has its own perks and own ups and downs so that's that's like my whole point in this entire conversation today is is kind of one to encourage you guys to number one look for something new right don't be afraid to look for the new stuff because there's going to be some phenomenal new products that are created every single day what what do you think happened back when um, when Ford created the first car, right? When when uh, Henry Ford created the first vehicle or tried to modernize it in the U.S., I should say he didn't create the first vehicle. Don't send me a ton of messages being like, "Oh, Henry Ford didn't create the first vehicle," because I know he, I know he wasn't the originator of the vehicle. But what do you think happened when he tried to when he tried to bring that into the to the states? When he tried to bring that manufacturing in and started selling his horseless carriages here in the states, right? Like, what do you what do you, what do you think happened? He had a ton of pushback. Everybody's like, "No, I don't want to try anything new. No, I don't want to do that. No, look at where we're at today. Like, there are very few people in the world who, well, I don't want to say nobody, but like, I don't know of anybody that rides a horse everywhere they go, right? Like." 
I know there's people who enjoy riding horses. I, we've got a couple horses. We enjoy riding them occasionally, but I don't want to have that as my only mode of transportation. Otherwise, it's going to take me forever to go to those conferences that I love going to in like Florida and San Diego and the East Coast and Kentucky and all that good stuff. It would be like, oh yeah, we'll see you guys in like three months. We're going to have a nice trek out there. I'm going to sleep in the stars. It's January. It's cold as crap. I'm going to like walk really, it's going to be a nice brisk ride out there, right? No, instead I love the way things have changed and the fact that if I want to drive, I can get there in 18 hours or if I want to fly, I can get there in eight hours. Like there's, there's this new technology and trying new things is absolutely amazing. And so I, really the, the whole point of this is like, what do you do when you can't find a great solution? What do you do? Right? Like you have two options. Number one is you either have to create a phenomenal option, which costs you a lot of time and money and energy and effort, or you have to find somebody else who's willing to work with you, who implements ideas that you bring to the table for these great ideas and options and, and solutions, right? And so I want to go back a little bit into our backstory on how we created a program dot docs today. And and uh, really, it's D O T D O C S. I, and and I'll be real honest. Like I want to, I just want to kind of go dive a little bit deeper into this. And it may be a little bit longer episode. It may not. I don't know how it's going to turn out yet. But um, it, would it be all right if I if I kind of told you guys a little bit more about how we created Dot Docs and where kind of the vision came from and how how it happened? Sweet, awesome, glad to hear that. Hopefully you said yes. If not, I guess you can just shut this off. <laughs> just kidding. And leave it on. Seriously, don't shut it off. No, I'm kidding. Anyways, so uh, let's <laughs> let's get right into like how we created it and, and how we came up with it. So we had started our business in 2019, and I know that's not very long ago, but uh, that's when we kind of broke out on our own was in October of 2019 for Eclipse DOT. And I had this vision that I wanted to create a software. I wanted a solution, and, and honestly, my excuse that I kept telling my wife was that I want to be able to work from anywhere in the world and have income and be able to serve our tribe. Like, that's what I want. I don't care if I'm on the beach in Costa Rica, if I'm in France, if I'm on Australia, if I'm freezing my butt off in Canada in the middle of winter, or if I'm sitting in Colorado. I want to be able to work from anywhere in the world and not have to be tied down to one location to go. And we fell in love with that idea. And so we were, we were um, in 2019, we started Eclipse DOT. We stepped out on our own. We didn't start it, but we stepped out on our own um, with a little bit of a dream and a lot of faith and a lot of hope and perseverance. We weren't going to quit. We were going to make a good run of this. And so we, uh, man, we, we, from there, we, we started doing training and we started doing compliance and helping companies with that kind of stuff. And it worked out really well for us. And, and then COVID hit in 2020 and we were doing a bunch of live events. We, we were having live events every other month and we were getting pretty good number of people at our live events every single month. And we were working. I hadn't quite figured out the sales portion of it yet in life, but you know, we were teaching, we were giving people a ton of knowledge on compliance and we were getting ready to take our show on the road. And then COVID hit and we couldn't do any more live events. We couldn't do anything. So we had to pivot. And um, we fought through that year and, and our, luckily our customers had great years and everybody wanted to stick with us and work with us and we continued working with them and over delivering to them. And then 
about January, I get this call from a rather large company. They, they, uh, a corporation. They own, they own about four different companies, four or five different companies at the time is what they owned. And they called me and they, they said, Hey Dan, I've been talking to my sister-in-law and I hear that you are the DOT man. And I was like, Dan, the DOT man. Sure. I'm Dan, the DOT man. Why not? <laughs> and, uh, and, and he's like, Hey, we got this deal. We use this one software and we love it. We love this software. And I was like, okay, great. So we don't want to change how we manage our files. I said, okay, what can I do to help you then? He's like, well, we're having an issue. One of our companies is literally under 10% compliant on driver files. And I was like, wow, okay, well, that's not very good, but we can fix that. I, I got a plan to help you fix that. I can do it. You know, I, I say I can do it in three months. And he's like, you think you can fix that in three months? He's like, do you think you can get us over 60% compliant? I said, I think I can get you over 75% compliant in three months. And he goes, really? What's it going to cost? So I worked up an estimate for him and sent him the estimate. And about a week later, he sent me an email back. And he's like, wow, um, that's not as bad as I thought it would be. But it's still a lot of money. But let's do it. When can we start mapping this out and make it happen? So I started putting a lot of effort into mapping it out, making it happen, because we had to not only, like, we started with this dream to build a business that we could do anything from anywhere in the world. And then the first big job we get <laughs> means that we have to go to the Pacific Northwest, Idaho, Washington, Oregon, Northern California, in the first quarter of the year. And I don't know if you've been in those areas in the first quarter of the year, but they get a little bit of snow and some rain and not a lot of sunlight. And we're in Colorado where we get all of those in the exact same day and they get don't get that same weather up there, right? And so um, we, we, uh, we took off to go up there and on January 31st. We loaded up our fifth wheel, loaded up wife and the kids, loaded up the fifth wheel and we bolted up there and we got we started in the lower part of Idaho and we hit a couple different places the first couple days and, and and started going through their software started going through everything that they're using and I was like man this solution sucks it is so like I am an expert in this area like I have devoted the last five years of my life the last decade and a half to the transportation industry and and this software sucks like they were paying six figures a year to use this software and it sucks. I mean, just stunk. Like I, it was so hard to use. It was confusing. It wasn't easy. They didn't have a good dashboard. You couldn't see anything that was going on. It, the drivers didn't have access to it. Only the corporation had access to it. And so they were putting all the responsibility back on the corporation in order to, to get their company into compliance. And I was like, man, there's gotta be a better solution for this. So I started looking. Everything was the same. Every solution I found, I dug into it for the next, I don't know, 30 or 60 days. And I was like, man, every solution I found stunk. I looked at JJ Keller. I looked at Disa. I looked at everything. I looked at all the big names. I looked at some of the little guys. And I'm like, man, my spreadsheet that I'm using right now works better than this system does. Like, I know it's not super great to use a spreadsheet, but it worked better than what they've got because I actually know what I've got and I can see it all. And, and I can sort it and I know what's going on and I know who's out of compliance and no time at all. And so at that point, I said, okay, let's see what it would cost for me to build software. 
So I put a post out there, and I had a couple people follow up with me on a post. And the first guy, like I started talking to, he built software in the medical industry for doing some stuff. And he said, yep, we just built some software. It ran about $500,000. And I was like, Ugh! okay, so I want to get there, but I'm not there yet. I don't have 500k to spend right now. I have, you know, thirty or $40,000 I can part with briefly, not forever, but I need to be able to get it back, right? And so... We, uh, I, I guess like, oh man, I called another place and they gave me kind of the same answer. Yeah, it's going to cost you about half a million dollars to get this project up and going, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh man. So I felt kind of deflated, but I didn't give up. I didn't give up. So finally I was like, okay, I put out another post about 30 days later and I was like, hey, I'm looking for a full stack developer. I want somebody who can just give me a basic outline and start drawing me up and creating the web pages for what this is going to look like for the software, like for our platform. I want to know what this is going to look like. I want to get a visualization of it. So if I can get a visualization, I can make it happen. I know that I can make it happen. It gives me something to dream. I can put it on my dream board. I can move forward for it. And, uh, and man, we really start like that visualization helped me so freaking much. Just just putting that out there. And, uh, and I actually put it on Upwork, which is an uh, outsource uh, agency. It's like third-party outsourcing. You can... you charge whatever you want to charge or pay whatever you want to pay theoretically and you find somebody to do the job for what you're asking them to do it for or you don't find somebody to do the job and they don't ever um you don't have like i don't know how to explain it but you'd have to it's it's a third it's a freelancer organization is what they call upwork i put it out on there and and um and then i also made a post on on linkedin about it and out of that i had i had this company out of california um called itool contact me and they said hey we hear you're looking for a straw stack designer. And, and I was like, straw stack? I got haystacks to the house. What the crap's a straw stack? And they're like, well, straw stack is just like the structure of what you want to build. And I was like, yeah, I, that is what I'm looking for. And they said, we can do it. And this is about what it's going to cost you. We do it by the hour. We build by the hour, not by the job. And this is what it's going to cost you. And you just pay us every week for what you're doing. And I was like, okay, what about like development? If I want to develop this, they're like, we can do it all. And I said, so you can design it and then develop it after you've designed it? And they said, yep, 100%. And then you own everything all the time, no matter what. We don't own any of it. You own everything that's done. Sweet. So I, I actually um, found about seven different people to do this project. And um, I interviewed them. And when I say I interviewed seven different people from around the world, I mean to tell you we interviewed them around the world. We interviewed people who were in uh, South America. We did interviews in the Philippines, we did interviews in India, in Russia, in Canada, in the U.S., in U.K. Um, we did a couple different ones in the U.S. I really wanted to stick local, if at all possible, for this, um, but the prices were usually higher. And then iTool came in after we'd already done a lot of this, and and uh, we actually ended up interviewing them and another company from uh, California twice, because uh, they had some of the best options for us for what was going on. And uh, we absolutely started in full force with them um in may of 2021 started designing dot docs in may of 2021 and we started off with like i i had over 24 pages just on driver files of what we wanted to have in the software and how to make it better and, and our goal building this was to make something that was so user friendly that anybody could run it 
And like that is what I told them time and time again as we designed this. I was like, I want you guys to be able to start a trucking company after we get done with this and be in compliance. That's my goal with this software. Let's keep it as simple as possible. And what I didn't realize is in order to keep stuff simple, you have to really, really make it complicated on the back end. And it takes a lot of thought and a lot of a lot of preemptive thinking to get it there. And um, I learned that pretty quick. We started designing, and our goal was by August to have a platform out that we could start using, that our team could start using. And by October, we actually were able to use that platform. So we were a couple months behind schedule, but uh, we were able to keep moving through it and, and work through that without any problems. And then um, now we fast forward to where we're at today, and it's so cool what we built for a solution. So like what what we did when we built this program was is as we were designing it, I started reaching out soon as soon as we found somebody to work with and and found that we were gonna move forward with designing, then I reached out to everybody in the industry, I think of people who were our clients, people who weren't our clients, and I was like, hey, do you want to be a part of this? This isn't gonna take very much of your time. We're not looking for any kind of financial contribution, we're not looking for anything like that. We don't want anything except for maybe an hour of your time, once a month, maybe maybe two or three hours a month is all. And all we're looking for you to do is to go through this and tell us what you think on it. If you think it will work, if you think it's a good idea, if you think um, how we should design it, the flow of how it works, what it does. And um, we enlisted people from every different industry. We had somebody in the pipeline industry, we had construction, we have a road crew, we had... Um, a lumber company we had an aggregate quarry like a, a mining quarry we had long haul we had oil and gas we had utilities we had city uh, like municipalities we had everybody you could think of in here um, even we even had electric co-op in on it to kind of look at it and, and to give us ideas and feedback and we went through it all and it was so stinking cool to have to hear their feedback on it and they were like oh yeah I really love this oh this is a little confusing oh this could be better oh this and, and we took the what the industry told us and we built the platform around what they wanted. And um, and that was so fun to go through that and to have those conversations with them as we built this. And then as we continued to build it, it continued to grow. And after we got the driver files done, somebody was like, you know, you should really do this. And it's like, oh, we could create our own learning management LMS platform in this. We could build trainings and give them to people who have memberships. We build our own membership website, like we build our own portal for a membership and we could actually have that to where they log in and they get to see a membership site and they go through that and and then they can get trainings, they get dripped to them and we can set the drip dates and we can, we can create different tests in there and different types of training and so then we build a LMS, a learning management system. We're like, man, if we can use this for us, we should give this to our customers. And so we're like, okay, perfect. Man, if you buy this level of subscription to our program, to our platform, then you get this LMS. You can train your own guys, dudes in your own trucks, doing your own thing. So if you wanna teach guys how to strap down trusses, cause you have a truss plant, you can create a training on how to strap down or tie down trusses for load securement or how to haul them. And once a year, your drivers who haul trusses, who have the position level of, of truss hauler or whatever, CDL driver, with the potential to haul trusses have to go through that training once a year and it automatically sends it to them and they automatically do it all and once the training is created then you've got then you've got an automated safety training program that everybody goes through you can set up to where when somebody you created onboarding like new driver onboarding and as soon as somebody's hired boom it sends them that training and they go through it on their phone at any time they don't have to log into a computer they can do it on any device a phone a tablet whatever 
So that was super cool, right? And then we get this call, and it's like, yeah, this is really awesome, but this can do so much more. Why don't you turn this into a personnel program where it manages all employees? Sweet. So then we started building like benefits and payroll and stuff like that. And then and then it was like, oh my gosh, this is as big a deal as, as actually creating the driver files was. Boom, pause. We need to pivot because we want to start doing our own, like we want to give our people the option for drug testing and give them an easy solution for that so they don't have to outsource that somewhere else. And so then we created a drug testing platform and we tied with the leader in the industry for, for locations to go take tests at. And then we, so now that we've tied with them, now then we're, we're working forward with those guys and we're creating our own drug testing consortiums to where you can be a part of a global consortium of all of Eclipse DOT's consortiums within Dot Docs, or you can be one with just your own company and you can create your own consortiums within it. So like if you want one that's a non-DOT or one that's set up for different principles and you get to set the rates of which the randoms are pulled and then you get all your own reporting from that as well and you get access to that all the time and anytime somebody's got to go in for a random like you literally send a message to their boss through the platform or via email or whatever and the boss just sends them a text so they call them and they're like hey i'm going to send you a text with a code or an email with a code they get a qr code they go to the go to the drug sauce place, drug test place, they scan the code and boom, all their information is there. It pulls it right out of our system straight onto their straight into their platform and then they fill it out. All I gotta do is sign the paper. They don't have to enter their driver's license number. It takes gets rid of all those errors that happen in that process and it's like literally the click of a button and they scan it and and it's done. Right? And and then we we're like, oh my gosh, there's so much more we can build. And so now then we're building like vehicle maintenance platform and, and, and I can just see where this is going and, and like in the middle of all this, we haven't opened this up to our customers yet, but it's really wicked cool. So I've been learning so much about like invoicing and marketing and stuff like that and, and the psychology behind marketing, which I shouldn't be telling you guys this because it's like my deepest, darkest secret when it comes to this kind of stuff. And and like a lot of times people get upset, they're like, What do you mean? You psychology and something. Well, yeah, there's psychology in everything. You use psychology on your wife and on your kids and on your coworkers and on your boss and on your um, people who work with you and around you and on your team and on animals. You use psychology in everything. Psychology is being used on you every single day in every single ad that you watch, and you don't even realize it. So, so like, we we figured out the psychology in invoicing, and we created what we call a visual invoice, visual estimate, and and we're still tweaking that and honing that in, but like. If, if you ever see one of our estimates and one of our invoices, like knowing what you know now when you look at it, you'll be like, oh, that is so wicked cool. There's psychology behind this, right? So like anything that we discount to $0 instead of putting zero because zero doesn't trigger your brain to be like, oh, it doesn't give you that euphoria. It doesn't give you that that spike of that rush of, of endorphins. What it does is it, it just is like, oh, this is zero. But if you replace that and change it with free, then you get this surge of like, oh, free? How cool? Oh my gosh, they're giving me so much for free, right? And then if you set your values right, for what your stuff's valued at and then you set your prices and then you give like a membership price and you break it down into different areas and different pricing, it is so wicked cool what you can accomplish with that and it, and ours does it all automatically and like I said, we haven't opened this up for our customers to use yet but it is 100% in our plans to where it just literally you log into it and you tie it to like your QuickBooks account and then it links 100% all of your customers get pulled into Dot Docs, all of your 
all of your invoices automatically go to QuickBooks that you create in DocDocs. If you create them in QuickBooks, you can create reoccurring invoices and reoccurring products so it automatically bills every single month without you even touching it. And it sends out all on its own and it gives you everything that you need. It's so, so cool. I'm so excited for that. And we've built that and we're using it and we've been like testing it. And so, so what we're doing with this platform and this and is so to me, like I get so excited about this because it's like absolutely awesome. Is like when we started this, it, w it was a vision of we can do better than these other guys because they suck. Like <laughs> I, I'm just gonna throw some rocks at them. They suck. Like if you've ever used JJ Keller, like who here? Like raise your hand if you've ever gotten a call from JJ Keller. Like everybody in the world who owns a truck has gotten a call from JJ Keller at some point in the in their career or their company has, or they've gotten like six calls a week because that's they, they badger you until you finally give up and buy something. So they'll just quit bothering you, right? And if you've ever used DISA, their platform for driver qualification files is no good either. Like there's so many platforms out there, and I I <clears throat> I know I'm not saying these names out loud, you know what I mean? But um, but like all these other platforms, like they're just not built. With the company in mind, they're built to make money. They didn't. They, they had somebody who's never been in in a truck before, somebody who's never actually managed compliance before, build these programs. And they're like, oh, we love these. This crosses off all these check boxes, and now we can sell this program, and we'll sell it for more money. And like that's all they care about. They don't actually care about the people who are doing it. And so, the the whole point of this podcast wasn't to like come in and be like, hey, this is what we've done. This is what we've built. Or was it? No, I'm kidding. But it wasn't really about that. It was like, hey, when you don't have a good solution, look for one. And if you can't find one, then make it. As leaders, we're called to have solutions and make solutions and build solutions for people. And that's what we're supposed to do. That's 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 what we do as leaders is we look for those unique solutions that the rest of the world doesn't have. And if we can't find one that somebody else has already done, then we have to build one. And we have to make it better. We don't, we don't build an improvement, right? We don't want it to be better. It needs to be a completely new process, a completely new program. One area that does everything. Like that is our entire goal with DotDocs is to have one platform for small businesses to run on. You do everything. As a business owner, you sign up for DotDocs and it does everything for you. You have training for your drivers there. You have invoicing. You have all of your HR in one spot. You have your payroll in there. You have your... You have your vehicle maintenance files, you have your driver qualification files, you have everything you can think of in one area. So instead of having 25 different logins to 25 different locations or websites or whatever, we built one platform that's going to do it all. Like that's the point of leaders creating solutions. When you can't find the right solution, you have to be willing to create it. Or you have to be willing to look for somebody who can create it for you, right? Or who will create it for you or who will work with you. So many times we just get caught up in using what we know and we don't learn something new, right? Like I'm guilty of it. I use PowerPoint or Google Slides. I, I don't know how to use Keynote. And I know there's better presentation materials out there. I know there's better softwares out there for doing presentations. And I am 100% sure that I will learn them in the very near future because that is the way I roll and that's what I do. But like, I know that. I get that. I understand that there's better softwares out there. But I don't change right now because I'm scared to. Right? Because it's going to take me time to learn them. 
And as leaders, we can't be scared to make those changes to, to look for great solutions instead of good solutions. Because when we look for an amazing solution to our problem, that's when we come across as a hero. That's when we grow. That's when our team sees us grow. And that's what we need to do. So here's here's what I want you to do today. There's two things. First thing is that if you like this podcast, like it, subscribe to it, and share it, okay? Second is, and this is the important one, okay? The second one is this, is that what I want you to do is I want you to look at some of the things that you do every day on autopilot. Look at the programs you use. Is there a better program that you could learn how to use that would make your life simpler? Is there something out there that would actually, after you learned how to use it, would alleviate time out of your day? Would, would make your life easier? Would give you more time to spend where you want to spend it? Think about it. Like, Look at all of your solutions. Look at all of your processes and see if there's anything better. And if there is, if there is a better solution, then consider it. Don't just throw it out the window and say, nope, I always, I always use Microsoft Word. I always buy Apple. I always buy Dell. I always buy Microsoft Office. Whatever. Right? Look at, is there a better solution for what I'm doing? And once I learn it, will I be better off? All right, guys, that's it. I hope you have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this. Um, I'm so glad that you guys are here with us. And we will chat again soon. All right. Later. Later.